0: Thanks for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This week, Pastor Philip talks about taking the commandments of Jesus seriously. Was Jesus successful in what he set out to do? Yes. If we look at his goal, his goal was to do the will of the Father, and ultimately he went all the way with it. We hope you enjoy. If you have your Bibles. You want to turn with us? We're Matthew. Gospel um, 28 chapter. And uh, Jesus here is talking about his great commission for us. And he says, Then it says, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mount where Jesus had told them to go. When you, when you listen for the voice of the Lord, he's going to tell you what to do. Sometimes when we get in doubt about what he said, go back to the last thing he said. Amen? Sometimes we plop down instead of doing what he said do. So, they went. He told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of them doubted. You're always going to have people that are naysayers. Don't let them get you down. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Why? Because he was resurrected at this time. And he had already defeated death, hell, and the grave. So he had all authority in heaven and earth. And so he says, therefore, and if you ever see a therefore in the word, you need to stop and see what it's there for. And he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments that I've given you. And be sure of this I'm with you always, even into the end of this age. In other words, as long as we're here on earth, he's going to be with us. And uh, how many of you, that's the very first time you've ever heard that scripture? Okay, one. So we've all heard it. And after a while, it's just like water off of a duck's back. It just bounces off of us. Yeah, 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 that's the Great Commission. That's what he told us to do. But how seriously do we take that? So we're going to look at this morning. Let's pray over the word and we'll get into it this morning. Father, thank you for your word. Because without it, Lord, we would be so adrift in a sea of, of confusion. Lord, we thank you that you have guided us, you've written us this letter that we call the Bible, a love letter to us and a, a, an instruction manual. And we just thank you for the fact that you care that much and that you want to guide us through life. You also sent the Holy Spirit to touch our hearts and to let that word come alive in us. So, Lord, let us, let us be tenderhearted toward your word and let us be tenderhearted toward the leading of the Holy Spirit uh, this morning as well as every day. Lord, just lead us, guide us, and direct us. That's what we ask of you today. And we just ask you to let this word be written on our hearts and in our minds so that we could take it with us. Lord, we don't want to just come in here and have a, a holy huddle we don't want to just get together and have a little hallelujah hoedown. We want to go out and do your work. So thank you, Lord, for working in us and through us, and we just thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. So how seriously do we take the commands of Jesus? That's our question this morning. Because what happens is we, uh, as I said, it bounces off of us, and and sometimes my concern is this. And this, is, this, this whole message, you know, sometimes I... Work on messages. Some are some I know are months off. Some I know are weeks off. And I've got a four burner stove. Okay, as far as sermons go, some of them are on the front burner and they're really hot, and I got to tend to them right now. Some of them are over here and they're just kind of simmering. And then there's others that are on the back back burner. They're they're just in the making. And. uh I was already, boy, I had one what I thought was going to be on the front burner this week, but the Lord kind of had me shove it to the back burner and slid something else over there. This kind of stems out of a a couple of conversations, one that I was a part of, one that I overheard. And one of them was, it was uh, kind of a minister's meeting, and there were some people, preachers, uh, ministers that were talking. And one of them said to the other one something that just grabbed my attention, and it was, You know, our instructions are from somebody who wasn't really super successful. Talking about Jesus. And boy, you know, my righteous indignation, boy, I was ready. Then I got to thinking about it, it's how you measure it. Because if we measure success in the way the world looks at things, then all of a sudden Jesus' success might not be as prominent. This was the thought that, you know, my mind is working a million miles an hour. And so the other one was, it was talking about missions and how it is, how hard it is to reach people and how discouraging it is to, to do missions work. And, you know, there's home missions, there's foreign missions, missions is missions. Missions is the good news. And as I've, you've heard me say probably a thousand times by now, we are the good news people. Amen. That's our job. That's what he just said in Matthew 28. Go and spread the good news. The gospel, which means good news, literally. So everywhere we go, we ought to be the good news people. And too many times, we as born-again believers, we get to be the bad news people. Because we're looking at all the negative. One of the things that I have to do in my own life is I have to turn off the news channels. It's not that I'm not informed. It's not that I don't want to be informed, but I want to tell you something. If you turn on the television and you're watching one of the news channels, you are going to be so depressed. You are going to be so angry at the things that are happening in the world. I get on, anymore, I get on the internet, read the headlines for the day, and then, I, okay, I'm done, unless there's something that I want to pursue further. Otherwise, we need to be the good news people realizing that he has sent us to to spread the good news, and if we're just full of all the bad news, then guess what? That's what we're going to be spreading. So back to the original conversation. Was Jesus successful? And it, it, it really comes down to this. How do you quantify success? How do you measure success? In the business world, you measure it one way, in the financial world, you measure it one way. And so if we're going to say Jesus was successful or not successful in this case, how do we quantify that? And I it just got to thinking my mind can work a million miles an hour. And I got to thinking this, Jesus didn't have a business. Okay? He had no business. He, was, he didn't have lots of money. When they went to pay their taxes, he had Peter go down there and catch a fish with a coin in his mouth. What little bit of money the group had, Judas was busy keeping up with that. He was a carpenter, but he didn't build a single church. Oh my goodness. He didn't build a synagogue. He didn't build a temple. He didn't even build a house for himself to live in. He said, the foxes have their holes, and the birds have their nest, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Wow. When you start looking at it in those terms, maybe, maybe that guy was right. He didn't build an army. He had some people that followed him, but they were pretty fickle. If You get to reading about that. He didn't, he didn't have an army. He didn't build up an army to protect him or do his bidding fact is, people hated him, wanted to kill him, were threatening his life all the time. After, after he started his ministry, he was only around for about three and a half years. He built up a, his group of followers, those people that were kind of fickle, built them up into the thousands. And then when his message got kind of tough, it went down to the few. So far, we're not measuring a lot of success. Eventually, he was murdered by those that hated him. And even in death, he had to be buried in a borrowed tomb, a borrowed grave. So as far as how the world measures success, not a lot of success. But it's all in how you quantify, how you measure success, and whether we can determine whether he was successful or not. The only way to know whether a person is successful is to know their goal. Okay, If we have a fire here this morning, and the police show up with their guns drawn, did they accomplish the goal? No, and, and just by the opposite token, if we have somebody break in here, threatening life, and the firemen show up with their hose, not a big success. So what we have to do to be able to determine a successful endeavor is to know what the goal was. And see, here's the thing about the word. It is so good. It is so wonderful to be able to see the the life of Jesus, the life of the disciples, anybody that that we can point to. we We can get to know about them in so many different ways. But this is what Jesus said his goal was. And it's not just in one place. That's the wonderful thing. It's not just a one verse wonder. It is in many, many places. In John chapter 4, Jesus said, My goal, my food in this case, His sustenance, is to do the will of the one who sent me. Talking about the Father. In John chapter 5, He said, I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own. In John chapter 6, He said, I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of the Father. Luke chapter 22, whenever He's facing the cross, The night that he is going to be beaten, the next day hung on the cross, he's praying and he says, Lord, I see what you're laying out before me. But if there is any other way to bring salvation to mankind, would you please let this pass for me? And you have to look at that. And realize Jesus was knowing everything he was going to suffer. And he says, if there is any other way, I don't want to do this. You ever prayed that? Sometimes in life something comes our way and we're (laughs) saying, if there's another way, I'd really like to see it about right now. If there's another door, let's open it now. But ultimately, Jesus, in his prayer, this is what he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. So in all these verses, and it goes on, in John chapter 19, whenever he was on the cross, he said, he looked up toward heaven and he said, It is finished, and we talk about it in the terms of salvation. Salvation has come to mankind because of his sacrifice. But he also was looking at the Father and saying It's finished, your will. So ultimately, if we look at it from that perspective, if we measure the success by the goal and its accomplishment, then Jesus is probably the most successful person that we've ever known or heard about in our lives. And so I, I got to thinking about that this week as I we, you know I was encountering these different conversations, this different you know kind of things that were bombarding my mind, and you know we're following somebody that's not really super successful, that's according to how you measure it and what about missions? missions is hard missions is difficult missions and and that's what that's what our commission is that's the great commission that we are working together with the Lord and so my question, the question that kind of came to me this week, is how seriously do we take that? I think every one of us would say, yes and amen. Somebody needs to go tell them. Can it be them? Now, whether that's, that's home missions, foreign missions, you know, somebody's got go to go. As we were studying through Romans uh, over the last couple of months, a few months, One of the things is, how can they hear if nobody preaches? And how can somebody preach if they're not sent? And and so it's so important that whether it's here, you've, you've seen out there walking past hundreds of times, and by now it's probably you're totally oblivious to it. You share the gospel, the good news, where you are, and you send it where you cannot go. The deal is, you got to know whether you're called to be here or called to be there, and you got to accomplish it. And sometimes we just let it bounce off of us. Yes, that's the Lord's great commission, and yes, that was His command, and yes, that's what He told us to do. But somebody will surely go. Somebody, somebody will tell them. Somebody someday will go. And so my question is, how seriously do we take that? My concern is, as a pastor these days, it seems like we make a whole lot of Christians, we don't make a lot of disciples. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Everybody needs to know Christ. Everybody needs to come to that saving knowledge of Christ. But as I've said so many times, God loves us enough to reach us where we are, but He loves us too much to leave us there. And He is constantly calling, Come and follow me. And I will make you, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. When He calls us, He doesn't say, Get it perfect, get it right. And then you can follow me. Wherever we are, if we're fishermen in a boat or we're tax collectors, we talked about that, he calls us to come and follow him. And then he's going to do the rest of the work in us. And sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm not capable. One of the biggest things I've heard about, about sharing the gospel is, I just don't know if I could talk about that. Are we, are we people that kind of, sort of believe that, you know, Jesus was who he said he was and that maybe we ought to do what he, you know, what his command is? Or are we people who are saying, Lord, I hear you. And yes, it might be tough. And yes, there may be times of discouragement. And yes, there may be times when we don't want to do it. But ultimately, that's what he has called us to do. He has given us, he's given us a commission and he's given us a command. And in Matthew 22, he gives us what we call the great commandment. There's two really important things that if you've never seen them in a the word, that was the great commission, Matthew 28. Then he also gives us the great commandment. Actually, a couple of them. Matthew 22. He goes to that, uh, and, he, and this, is, this is how it was set up. One of the religious leaders came to him, tried to trap him with this question, and said, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Talking about the Ten Commandments. And what he's trying to do is set him up to say one's more important than the other, and they're going to condemn him, and all this kind of stuff. And Jesus turns it around as a, as a time of teaching. And he said, here is what is the most important commandment. You've got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He goes on and says, this is the first and greatest commandment. And then there's a second one, and it's very important, equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now that seems so easy. Let's, that one there, okay, I've got it, but then what about when somebody doesn't treat you right? What about, you know, and we get back to this word, you know, the command to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Yeah, Lord, I'll pray I get to stick my finger in their eye. As I've said so many times, when when something happens and somebody does something against you, and and you are compelled to pray for them, that's when that's where the rubber meets the road. That's some of the toughest praying you will ever do in your life. But part of that is if we love our neighbor, and then of course we could we could take this a hundred different ways. But who is our neighbor? That was one of the questions. Who is our neighbor? Is it just the person that lives next door to us? Well, they live a mile down the road, and I don't really like them. But see, here's the thing everybody that we encounter is our neighbor. Everybody that we see on our, at our job, everybody that we go to school with, everybody in our neighborhood, everybody that, everybody that we see at Walmart, that's our neighbor. And so ultimately it comes down to this, that we have this great commandment and then the great commission calls for us to share that gospel wherever we are. And so the thing that, that, that this morning is how seriously do we take that he left us something to do okay what is that spread the gospel go into all the world ultimately can, can all of us go into all the world no and it's not all of our calling but he said go into all the world preach the gospel make disciples what does that mean that we're going to teach them and he says to teach them to obey all of his commands And then we have this commandment and this commission that we're called to to carry out. So ultimately, what it comes down to is how seriously do we take that? And, here's our measuring stick, are we successful? And we're back to where we started. How do you measure success? By the accomplishment of the goal. Was Jesus successful in what he set out to do? Yes, if we look at his goal, his goal was to do the will of the Father. And ultimately, he went all the way with it. He didn't go half the way. He didn't go three fourths of the way. He didn't go seven eighths of the way. He didn't go fifteen sixteenths of the way. He didn't go thirty one thirty seconds of the way. He went all the way. Crossed the finish line. It is Finished. He accomplished the will of the Father. Are we accomplishing our goal? Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm so busy. I'm so busy with work, and I'm so busy with that. I don't have time to go out and talk to people about the Lord. Okay. Got time for lots of other stuff, don't we? And I, I'm I'm talking to me as well. Folks, we've got to get a a vision for Jesus' vision. We've got to get a passion for what he was passionate about. His heart was people. His heart was seeing people saved, or he wouldn't have went all the way to the finish line. He wouldn't have prayed, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will... And so what we've got to do is we've got to get passionate about what he called us to be passionate about. And see, here's the thing. Sometimes we, we misidentify ourselves. Sometimes we think we're a plant worker or a teacher or a nurse or whatever it is that just happens to be a believer. And I think whenever we get born again, we're born into a new family and it, cha- it should change our identity. That all of a sudden, I'm not just a plant worker or a nurse or a teacher or whatever that just happens to be a Christian. I am a Christian that just happens to be a nurse or a teacher or a plant worker or whatever it is. Ultimately, you think about this in the scheme of eternity, which one of those is going to matter the most? Have we done, are we doing everything we can do? To accomplish his goal in our lives, what what is that goal? Well, he tells us in John chapter fourteen. He says, "If you love me, woo, this is tough. If you love me, you're going to keep my commandments." Oh, wait a minute. This is this is this is this is headed toward me. Can I just sidestep it? See, we started talking about goals. And Jesus said, my my food, my sustenance, my goal in life is to do the will of the Father. And I did it. Now, if you love me, my goal for you is keep my commandments. So what are those commandments? Oh, it's tough. It's two of them. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Part of that is the Great Commission. Go into your world and spread that gospel. Make disciples. Folks, we've got to get serious about it. We've got to get serious about sharing the gospel. John chapter 15, Jesus says, If you keep my commandments, you'll remain in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and remain in His love. You know, if you look at it in the bigger scheme of things, He didn't mince words about any of it. It is very, very clear, it is very, very important that our goal in this life is to go share the good news, tell about what he's done for us, and help somebody else in that same relationship. We got to get serious about it. Amen? As I, if you've read the newsletter, this will be a little bit of a review, but if, if you haven't read the newsletter... One of the things that this month, as we as we kind of wrapped up, we're taking a break on Wednesday nights during the month of August. We're going to come back in September. It is so important. Whatever discipleship time we we have, and as I as I said in that, used to, there were many many places that we could do discipleship. We had Sunday school, we had Sunday night, we had Wednesday night, we had we had other meetings that went on, but. Uh, uh, through the years, and because of busyness of time, Sunday nights got eliminated, and, and Sunday schools kind of went by the wayside. So, what what importance do we put on His calling us to be disciples and make disciples? My challenge for you: Let's make that happen. Invite somebody to come with you. Things change, and we have to, we have to be open to, to, the, to the leading of the Lord, but also to, to being able to reach people in their time constraints. Yes, I understand that, but it is so important. If, if, if we're going to make disciples and, they, and we make Christians, and they come in and say, well, they don't put much importance on discipleship, why should I become one? But that's the call go make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them to observe all those things that he's commanded. And those are very, very simple and very, very few. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Make disciples. Amen? Otherwise, as I put in the newsletter, this is not my quote, but I did cop it for the newsletter. It's been said a long time ago, Christianity is one generation Away from extinction. Isaiah, in chapter 6 of the book of Isaiah, he had put his hope in government. King Uzziah was the king. And for some reason, we'll know someday if it matters, but for some reason, Isaiah had really, really pinned his hopes to this new king. And it says in chapter 6, he said, In the same year that King Uzziah died. In other words, where he had pinned his hopes had gone away. And I don't know, I hate to burst your bubble if you're, if you're pinning your hope on government. Whole another sermon. <laughs> Washington, D.C. doesn't have the answers. London doesn't have the answers. Tokyo doesn't have the answers. None of these these capitals have the answer. They think they have the answer, but they don't have the answer. Guess what? We have the answer. And he said, in the the year that King Uzziah died, I'm diswrought, I pinned my hopes on the wrong thing, but he says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And just the train of his garment filled the temple. In other words, the temple wasn't big enough to hold him. This church building isn't big enough to hold him. His glory is so much bigger than we can imagine. And he is so worthy of our praise. And he is so to be honored. And then the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to go. And I want, And his response was important. And it was, woe unto me. Because all of a sudden I realize I'm undone, and I'm living among people that are undone. <laughs> he wasn't throwing rocks at him; he was just saying, "Oh, I got a vision of the Lord, and oh, how lacking I am." And it should be that way. And then it, he he just felt, and it was low. I I, I need help. The the Lord sent the angel, brought the coal to cleanse his mouth, and he said, now go and tell this people. And folks, that ought to be what, where we're at. We ought to realize how awesome God is. We ought to see that it's only by his grace and his mercy that we have the opportunity to be a part of what he's doing. And we ought to get out there and tell everybody we see because we have the only answer. Amen? How seriously do we take the commands of the Lord? Thanks again for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. If you're looking for a church home, you can join us each Sunday morning at ten thirty a.m. at Family Worship Center in